Welcome to the Growth Moves Podcast with Rob Tyson. Welcome back, listener. Rob Tyson here. And in the last episode, we looked at how to deal with those pesky price objections. So be sure to catch up on that if you missed it. I'm here today with Olivia Stefanino. Now, Olivia is a former journalist and business magazine editor, and she's also the creator of the Money Types Emotional Profiling System, which is really interesting. I can't wait to talk to her about it today. Um, She is an executive coach. She's the author of two books. And Olivia's belief is that money is a medium for life and that when we begin to understand our relationship with money, everything else in life suddenly starts to make sense too. And I will give you a hint, it's never really about the money. And we've got a great topic for you today because we're going to be talking about how knowing your money type is the secret to success in life and business. But before we welcome Olivia and get into all that good stuff, if you're listening to this show, you may well be an independent consultant, trainer, a coach of some kind, and you're just trying to find the right recipe to grow your business. Well, if you pop along to robtyson.net forward slash report, Right now, you can get a free copy of my brand new report, and that will show you my rapid method for creating and selling your first online program that uses your recorded content to do the heavy lifting of client engagements. And you will also see how our fastest client, uh, a guy called Nadim, was able to do this twice in four days. And the funny thing was he did it without actually trying to sell at all. So you'll see what I mean in the report. Once again, that is free at robtyson.net forward slash report. So go there now and get yours. So with all that said, Olivia, welcome. How are you? I'm great and excited to be here and to see how this conversation is going to unfold. Yes. Well, it's a fantastic topic. Now, before we we talk money, um, Olivia, uh, I always ask truth or falsehood, truth or falsehood. So is it truth or falsehood? The longest time between two twins being born is 77 days. Truth. It is falsehood. The longest time between two twins being born is actually 87 days. Um, and this happened, I know, it was you, close. Uh, listen, listener, you couldn't see Olivia's face just then. Um, the, yeah, the longest time is 87 days. This happened in the UK, actually, and it was only in 2013. So the mother went into labour four months early, giving birth to baby Amy, but baby Katie didn't arrive until three months after that. So there we go. Rather you than me, I think. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but let's uh, let's talk money. Um, so in your book, um, Olivia, which is a fantastic book uh, called The Money Types Guidebook, you say money is a medium for life. What do you mean by that exactly? Well, I think that money is a bit like a mirror and it reflects back to us our own thoughts, our own feelings, our projections. Um, And so what we think about money is often a a deep-seated fear or belief or hope that we have for ourselves. So it's a massive projection and we can uh, start to understand ourselves better and understand other people better when we get a really good relationship with money. And you have identified these six different, uh, I think it's it's six different money types, isn't it? And we'll, we'll perhaps get into one or two of those um, as we go along. Um, but basically, everyone fits into one of these types, correct? 
Well, as you say, quite rightly, there are six and there is a light side to them and a shadow side to them. And the shadow is always the intriguing bit because that's the bit that starts to trip you up, whereas the light side starts to show you a bit more about kind of your natural talents and skills. Um, so there, as I said, there are six, but kind of 12 there. But although we all have a primary money type, we are actually all a combination of all six. And that's where the magic comes in, knowing what your combination score is. OK, excellent. Um, and how important is this in our life? So what are the what are the kind of, the you know, the bad things that happen when we're not aware of this? And, and conversely, what is good what happens that's different that's good when we become aware and we start to maybe change uh, the way we behave slightly well I think there is that expression isn't there that knowledge is power and actually I'm not sure I ever agree with that I think it's the application knowledge applied is power so you know what everybody managed to succeed in life perfectly well without the money times I get that but if we have more of an understanding about ourselves, what really makes us tick and understand more about our clients and our relationships as well, even with us to our loved ones, if we understand what drives us and we can understand our talents, um, our natural gifts, which we often overlook, actually, when it comes to something comes to us naturally, we often assume that that's just, well, that's really easy. Everybody else can do it. But in fact, there are various different things that people are really good at as different money types. So magicians, for example, are often quite highly entrepreneurial lots of great ideas love spotting ideas uh, uh, opportunities but often they're not the best communicators because it's so clear to them they don't always step it down and explain things properly to other people so there can be um, a bit of a, um, a hiatus further down the line also magicians are great great starters but they're not always the best completer finishers so they can have lots of shiny new ideas but not actually see anything through but we can look at other people like the angels who love to help everyone else and that's how they get their sense of purpose in life which is great they're the great nurturers they always want to take care of everyone but often they forget to take care of themselves so the sort of shadow angel can often think that if i help you then you'll want to help me but that isn't how life happens and they can get a bit bits to bitter and twisted as they get older so knowing that actually your angel wants to support you first before you go on to help other people can make a massive amount of difference before we all start giving our money away as I say it's not just about understanding yourself when you can understand other people the money types creates a really quick language for understanding ourselves and other people then it becomes much easier to see why people are doing what they're doing and also how to connect with people particularly when it comes to the marketplace as well Excellent. And how did you discover and uh, develop this money types concept? That's a really good question. Um, I was I was involved with my uh, my husband's company, and he's a um, a financial planner, in fact. And he was going to be doing a seminar. We decided, who wants to come and listen to anything about sort of ISAs and pensions? Wouldn't it be great to put something that was a bit more kind of intriguing and a bit more lighter together? Um, and that's kind of where the idea started. And I have to confess that when I was halfway through putting it together, something in me made me think, this is really good stuff. You know, usually when you do your own thing, you think, yeah, this could be better, I could polish it. And it was just, this is really important. And I have to say, it kind of felt like it came through me rather than from me. And when uh, when Simon did the, the presentation, there was such a buzz in the room and so much conversation going on. People say, you've got you've to kind of, you know, just keep sort of going with this. And um, I think there's so much more that you could explore. That I knew just in that moment, this is what I was meant to be doing for the rest of my life, really. I used to have, I have to confess, an appalling relationship with money. And in 2008, I very, very nearly went bankrupt. 
And I was that person, you know, whether obviously it was a crash. And I was that person who always said, oh, I'm not great at maths. And, you know, this isn't for me. And I, that, that was my kind of wake up call. No, you've got to get a relationship with money. And when I started to, everything in life started shifting for me. And that's why I think that money is a great teacher, but it is something that we all use, whether it's actual notes and coins or whether it's something that we're doing um, digitally, we're all using money as an exchange and as a communication tool. It's a language of itself. So that really is, I suppose, how it was birthed. And that was, I guess, um, probably about eight, nine years ago. But it's based on about 20 years of experience as a coach, as a trainer, doing leadership things. So it felt like it was quick, but it's it's been baking within me for a long time. But I haven't given birth to the twins that you talked about. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah, if you had to wait 87 days between each type. Um, yeah, I, anyway, someone better than that maths than me could probably do that. Um, yeah, it would have taken a while is, is the point I'm making. So, um, um, so um, why are we the type we are? What a great question. I think that's the first time I've been asked that. I think I suppose it's part of that whole nature and nurture debate, isn't it? Is it our genetics? Possibly. But is it also our our life experience? Is it the upbringing that we had? A lot of our thoughts around money are based in childhood. Um, And, you know, often if you saw your parents always scrabbling about for the last pound coin down the back of the sofa, you can find that those can become a bit more of the prisoner personality, the, the victim who always feels that there's never going to be enough that whatever I do isn't going to make a difference. Um, but if you had a, a parent, for example, a bit like the angel we were talking about earlier, who insisted that you always help everyone else, you may feel that it's a bad thing to help yourself. If you had somebody in your family who was high joker, then you may have um, always thought, yeah, there's plenty to go tomorrow. I'll just live life for today. And there's also another one, which is the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh is the one that kind of, dictates how your life is going to be it's the one that's in charge it's the one that decides where the boundaries are and how your life is going to be shaped and the pharaohs actually of old were the ones that um, you know if there was too much grain they used to store it didn't they for the next seven years even if all the people were there going but we want donuts now actually they'd make sure that there was enough for everyone so they'd look after the whole kind of community but in the shadow side of the pharaoh The shadow side is often a bit kind of narcissistic, a bit my way or the highway. And don't do it like that. You've got to do it my way. And they can often, if they're running businesses, be the people that kind of are quite dictatorial and people end up quite frightened of them. And what can happen is that we find ourselves feeling, don't want to be like that. And we resist everything about that. And we don't step into our light pharaoh. So we never have anybody or that aspect of ourselves looking out for what is in our best interest or setting our boundaries or determining how we want our life to look. So we end up a bit kind of on the, you know, sort of the waves being sort of buffeted about by everybody else's stuff. So stepping into our pharaoh, our light pharaoh is like the capstone of everything else. And you've you've kind of um, alighted on um, what I think is an important point there, which is, and this is a point you make, I think, that, there is no wrong type. Am I right in thinking that? So it's not like, you know, oh, I'm this type and therefore, you know, I'm a failure. I'm never going to be able to do it. But all the different types have different strengths and weaknesses. 
Absolutely, they all do. And the other side of the prisoner actually is a bit more of the liberator. So that's the one that will spot what isn't working. And I've had enough of this. Let's get this changed. And they're often very good advocates for other people like union negotiators and things as well. So we all have an aspect of each of the six within us. And it's the scores which tell you whether you're going to be good at that naturally or whether it's something that you need to develop. My natural architect score, which is much more about process, systems, being methodical, checking, double checking the detail. Mine wasn't that high, I'll be perfectly honest, but I realized when I started working for myself that if you don't send the invoice out, you do not get paid. So what I do now, if I'm going to do anything that's kind of got that process in it, is just think if I were my best architect, how would I do that? Or if who would who is a great person who is an architect, how would if I put their hat on, how would I do that? It just enables me to start putting that kind of thinking on, which really makes a massive difference because we're all superhuman, really, that we can all tap into all sorts of stuff that we tend not to out of habit. So this just expands our way of thinking. And can we ever change our type or are we stuck for life? I don't know why you'd want to change it. I think what you can do is you can develop them all. And why wouldn't you have all six at your best back and call rather than just one or two? So what I find is that you can develop them more. So, you know, to have a high score in all of them actually sounds like a really good thing. But I did meet somebody who was highly academic, who did have high scores across the board. And he found it really hard because he didn't know whether to go this way or in that direction or in that direction. He was too, almost too good at everything, so it was really hard for him. Whereas if we really understand our own natural talents, our own natural aptitudes, what we what we love doing and what makes us shine, then it becomes much easier to, to find our path. Fantastic. And um, there, are, there, are, there are six types, and I think we've mentioned them all, but we could just, just to recap quickly. So the six types are? The pharaoh. Mm-hmm. which is the leader, the magician, which is the visionary. Then you have the joker who loves to connect people with people and people with ideas. Then you also have your um, your angel who loves to help everyone. You have your architect who puts all the systems and processes in place and the prisoner who needs to break out and is pursuing freedom. Excellent. And we can find this out um, through... Uh, your book. And I think you have sort of 30 questions. So there's a kind of an assessment there and that will help people score themselves. Uh, So um, let me just tell you then uh, as an example. So when I go through the exercise, I am uh, a magician. That's number one for me. Really? Who just thought? I don't know. Closely followed by Joker. So there you go. So what are the, so, um, so what's, what's, positive for me you know what are, what are the strengths of, of of that combination and what's going to be a challenge for me and do you remember how low the scores were in the others uh they were pretty low i can tell you actually if you just bear with me i think i've got it written down here in the how book. to get the secrets out go on there we go um yeah they were they were quite a lot lower um so this the next one so i had so i scored 15 magician 11 Joker, seven was Pharaoh, five Angel, uh, five Prisoner, four Architect. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I think what I would say then for you as a high magician, you're always going to be really excited about learning new things, developing new things, communicating new things, sharing new things and new, new, new 
expansion, freedom, not wanting to be controlled by other people. I'm kind of guessing you'd want to be running your own show, right? Well, that's lucky, isn't it? And with that high joker, it's often about networking, it's about the relationships, it's about connecting. So the fact that you're doing a lot digitally as well also comes as no surprise. Interesting that you have a lower architect score, snap on that one. But the um, what you've done very cleverly is to use your magician to digitalize things. So you've actually automated things really, really well so that you don't have to remember them. Um, because if it was all left to you without all the supporting software, we'd probably have a bit of a mess. Or you'd have to go find someone else to work with who was high architect, who could take all of that off you. But the magician in you has found the solution and is using that sort of optimally, which is a really good thing. Interesting that, well, your pharaoh is the level that it is, just that you kind of made your own patch. You want to connect with other people. You've got a very good idea of what you want, where you're going, but you're not in that overbearing bit. You're not telling people how to do. Having actually been part of one of your coaching groups as well, which was fab, fab, fab. It was always about working in a kind of partnership rather than feeling that you're dictating to us how things should be, which doesn't really sit very well with me either. So it's a really kind of comfortable way. And that high joker score, again, will make it a comfortable experience for other people. Interesting, though, that your angel score is as low as it appears to be, because everything that you're doing is actually about helping people. And yet, apparently, that angel score isn't there doing that. And I suspect it might be because you're giving out a lot, and maybe your angel wants to turn in and help you. And I suspect what you do is, oh, I'll just go and do a little bit more of this and a bit more of that. Oh, it's another 10 o'clock at night and so never mind. And actually, your angel wants to come up and make sure that you're looking after yourself, getting you know all the boring things like drinking enough water, getting enough exercise, doing those things that are actually here to make your life sing rather than it being about work, work, work. Does that fit? Yeah, no, you know, fascinating, really interesting. Thank you. Yeah, really good. And I'm going to listen back to those, some good insights for me there. And um, and let me ask you a question. So is it is it possible we could play a different type in our business if we're running our business? Or do you or do you think that the two things are, are just kind of um, the same thing? Uh, it's, that's a really interesting question as well. I think the happiest people I know in business are those who turn up as themselves, who are not putting on a mask. And often it's the pharaoh who actually feels that they need to kind of put on the mask of a suit or you know, be suited and booted and pretend to be, not pretend, but kind of step up into being something that perhaps they don't feel that they are at home. Whereas I think nowadays we're more and more getting into that authenticity of wanting people to turn up as who they are and what they are and to be real and to create relationships that kind of really function and work. Um, so I think we can find that we can also go from our light side to our shadow side. So it could be if you know, I know you don't have a high architect, but if you did, it could be that it'd be great when you're feeling really well, that you're creating your systems and everything's kind of functioning well. But if you get overtired, you might then find that you'll get really nitpicky and you'd start picking on people for not getting things absolutely right. And you get so focused in the detail that you miss the big picture altogether. Or you could find that somebody who's tired in their high pharaoh could end up becoming very dictatorial, which doesn't necessarily go down terribly well with other people. Of course, it's, it's about business, but it's also about home as well. 
So what's really fascinating for me is when you get two people, I've had a number of people actually go through um, sort of marriage guidance actually with me using money types as a platform because it is much, much easier to say, oh, it's your architect that wants the detail that's really butting up against your joker who wants to go out and have some fun. That tends to go down much better than, God, you're really difficult, aren't you? So it actually creates a different kind of language that people can hear. So it creates a separation, but also a connection. And it's a common language that you can understand really, really quickly, which is why we used it with uh, with teams also in corporate land. Yeah, no, very, very interesting. And what uh, what type are you? I'm a like you, a fifteen on magician, and I've got a high Joker and a high Angel. Um, and my Pharaoh score is actually creeping up as I'm starting to find myself feeling more comfortable in who I am and what I'm doing, what I want to say no to as well. Just recently, I've started working with a fabulous financial services company. We kind of, sort of want to increase it because I'm, I'm a woman on a mission, you know. I just think if we could actually get everybody having a better relationship with money, it's not about pensions and ISAs, is it? It's about feeling comfortable with money because money is like an essence or an energy or even like plasticine. You can do all sorts of things with it. It buys you freedom. It buys you time. It buys you the opportunity to have the choice to do what you want to do and how you want to do it. And you know, I was never taught any of this at school. I can't honestly say hand on heart that wheat farming in North America has actually stood me in particularly good stead. But I just think if we could get the conversation about money out there so that it became not the taboo that often is in this country, but it's something that that's, that excites and enables us to go forward, particularly this time, that enables us to collaborate, to work together, to see how we can all benefit. I think that would be a really good thing. I'll get off the soapbox now. No, 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 I agree. I agree completely. And um, well, we've we've talked about this a little bit. And because uh, I used to work in uh, financial services business for a time, and I know exactly what, what you're saying. I mean, um, in almost everyone trying to sell financial services type stuff, they just talk about the kind of the boring details of the products or whatever. And it's never really about, well, really, you know, money, money's kind of a means to an end. And um, and that that aspect of it uh, is is you know not what they talk about usually um but you can replace money but you can't replace time uh-huh. money can get you time and i think that's the thing to to remember as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sorry i cut across you there because it no, was no. something i really wanted to add in go yeah yeah no no good a good point and just thinking about yourself so when you had um you know thought about yourself and your your types you know what what you'd sort of scored high and low on um can you give us one or two examples of, of things you might have done to practically manage that situation? I mean, is for example, is there anything on a on a daily basis that um, that you do or were there decisions in the past that you made where you went, OK, you know, because because I recognize, um, you know, I'm I have a tendency to be this type. I've, I'm going to do X. Just can you give us any kind of uh, examples? Yeah, I think um, with that magician side, and I've had to learn to to kind of, yes, I want to get creative. I want to, you know, whether it's writing books, whether it's sharing all this kind of material, but actually you have to put some some grounding in place. 
Um, otherwise, nothing ever happens. It doesn't get shipped. And if it doesn't get shipped, it doesn't count and it's not making a difference. So actually bringing my architects into play has been really helpful. Now, sometimes I've brought that into play. I've done the same as you. I use a lot of um, some digital stuff. I'm a big fan of Todoist just to organize things and it kind of capture ideas and they're down there so that I don't have to hold on to them. And also build for me, building a team around me that could take the things that I wasn't great at or did, wasn't my joy so that I can focus my time doing what I do best is something that I do as well. Also, curiously, I'm actually a bit of an ambivert, which is weird because I actually do public speaking as well. But um, sometimes I can be really my extrovert. Sometimes I can really go into my introvert. And if I'm going networking, I have to almost put my joker and my joker hat on. And this is, you know, that's this is all about people. Let's actually go out and have a great time because it's no good trying to go networking with your big serious pharaoh on or your very detailed, boring architect. You have to go there with that joker, that wanting to kind of connect. So just knowing almost which suit you're going to be putting on, even if it's an internal sort of psychological thing, just helps you get in that right space. And I found it's been really helpful for me too. And I can also see where I've got things wrong as well. That magician in me often used to just back myself. So when money was coming in, I would just invest it in the business, invest it in the business, invest it in the business. I never actually stopped because I didn't know to invest it in something else, to put it into ISIS or to put it into pensions or all that stuff, because I just thought that's not me. That's for grownups. That's not for me. That's the downside of my joker as well, not being the adult. And, and actually, when there's no more money coming in, boom, you've got a problem. Whereas if you've got your own stockpile elsewhere, which your architect will take care of, then when there is a problem, you can just say, that's fabulous. I've now got other things that I can lean back on. And I'll use this time instead to do another creative task, whether that's putting another book together or, or whatever. So just actually knowing where your own mistakes have been and what trips you up and your own tendencies can stop you making the same mistake over and over again. Yeah, really good. And do you think the types, the, the six types are pretty evenly represented in society? That's a really hard one because I probably deal like you with more business owners than I do with people who are not working. So um, I probably have more people that have come through um, who are high magician and high angel, actually, as well, who want to make a difference and the jokers who like kind of getting out there. I do a lot of work now also in the kind of financial world with high architect people. And for them, it's often about developing the other sides as well, the other sort of six or the other five elements, so that they become more, I don't mean not that they're unbalanced, but so that they're actually able to radiate that out rather than it just being about the grown-up detail. So, um, yeah, I think I, there probably are a, a lot more magicians that come through the system because they're business owners. Yeah, that's in, that's interesting. And I mean, do you think um, do you think there's any cultural dimension to this? So we we have this idea, and I, I think it. Well, I think there is evident, pretty good evidence for it actually that um, you know people in the uh, Far East they have more of a savings culture, you know, than we do now in, in the UK and the US, for instance. So is there a kind of cultural dimension to this or or do you or I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's a really interesting one. And I have to say, I haven't scientifically researched that. Having worked with a number of um, organisations in different countries, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think there are probably sort of Asia wise, there's probably more of that architectural incremental growth just keep putting a bit away put it away put it away and also that not having to show what we've got 
Whereas sometimes in the West, it's about showing everything that we've got, and even if you haven't actually got it. So um, it can be longer term thinking as well, which is the pharaoh. So I, I suspect, but I haven't um, researched it, that there'll be a higher pharaoh and architect going over to the wealthier people in the East, mm-hmm. in Asia. Um, and But often you find, um, I remember in India meeting people that had absolutely no money at all, who were delightfully happy and contented with what they had and grateful. Whereas often in the West, we find that those people feel that they're stuck. They're in the prisoner, they're in the victim. Whatever I do makes no difference. I can't get out. Whereas, so there are different cultures play out slightly differently. Very interesting. Should we try and recognise the money types of our individual clients um, and could that help us? How can knowledge not help you? Um, So (laughs) I think it is worth getting to understand a little bit about it um, before you attempt to do that. But people leak information all the time, don't they? We just give ourselves away. Jokers are often the ones who are wearing kind of the more colourful clothes. They're they're out there, they're waving their hands around, having a great time. whereas the architects tend to speak slightly more slowly with less voice inflection and they probably dress in a more conservative way. The pharaohs will probably dress with um, some more designer labels, for example, and the prisoners might too, but they may have gone to some of the outlet shops to do that. So it's about presenting an image Um, and angels will want to be comfortable so that they're able to go around helping other people. So personally, I think if you're going to be successful in business, you really have to understand your clients as well as you possibly can, because that's who you're here to serve. So if you understand their money type, you can understand what makes them tick at home, at work, um, with the family, whether it's on holiday, what kind of clothes they wear, the more you get to understand them, and it's all there in, in the guidebook there as well, the more you understand them, the more you can really nuance down and appeal to them. I think, you know, we often talk about demographics, psychographics, I suppose these are emotographics, but, you know, we talk about the different um, sort of ages, don't we, whether it's boomers or Gen X or the millennials. Well, that's kind of interesting, but I know some people who probably are Gen X, but behave like boomers and vice versa. So maybe this is a different way of cutting and dicing that understanding and all, they're all useful and they all kind of add on, so they're almost like overlays, aren't they, that, that go over and give us some useful info. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you think that you you might find certain types um, overrepresented in a, in a particular market? So I don't know. You know, say if your if your typical client was I don't know um, <laughs> you know uh, artists or whatever. I mean, do you you think there's a high chance you would see certain you'd see a lot of those certain types in a given profession or industry, or do you think? Or is it more random? I think it's, I think there are certain, I mean, I guess, you know, sort of in the, um, the healing professions, there are going to be more higher angel people. So it's fascinating actually with charities, because when you look at charities, if you, if you're fundraising, you actually want to go to the pharaohs because they're going to be the ones probably with the money. And you might well then want to, to name the hospital wing after them because that's going to be important to them. But if you want, but what happens often is that fundraisers go after the angels because the angels always want to help. The angels haven't got any money because they've been so busy helping everybody else but the angels will be the ones that will actually step up and go and do the hands-on work that will make the difference so knowing who it is that you're appealing to and their reason why makes a massive amount of difference absolutely and you will find different groups in in different um you know different industries different professions 
Absolutely. So the trick is to understand them and why they do what they do. And will will we tend to kind of, uh, is it like birds of a feather flock together? So will we will we tend to have friends who, who share these similar attributes or from a business point of view, will we tend to hire people like us? So that's kind of question, question number one. And then the kind of the secondary question to that is, um, well, maybe answer that one first. So is it, is it the case that similar types will tend to cluster with one another? It's so tempting, isn't it? It's so tempting. Uh, I remember once years ago, actually, when I had the magazines thinking, God, wouldn't it be so great if I could just clone myself? And then about five minutes later, thinking that would be the worst thing that could be possibly happening is if I were to clone myself. We don't need another magician around here. What we actually need is some architects that will take that work and actually make it happen and get it out there and get it shipped. So you don't want to um, to employ other people in your own image. So that's the kind of the first step to get over, but to understand what the roles require. Because if you think about it, certain roles require certain people. You don't want a networker who is in prisoner mode because they're just going to go out there and whinge and complain, particularly if they're in their sort of shadow side. So, but what you might want is to employ somebody who's got a high joker that loves going out there and sees it as the most fun thing to go and do. And they bring some light to the whole place. So each role that you have will need somebody in that kind of money type. And that we all have all six, as I say, within, but it's finding those primary ones that are our key drivers. Fantastic. And, um, Briefly, what this is also in your book. So, what are what are the nine money stories, and and how do they relate to the types, the money types? Well, what I've often found is that the people who really struggled with money often have one of these nine stories that that are going. So, the first story is there's never enough, no matter how hard I work or how much I earn, there just isn't enough. And then there's a second story as well that runs, which is I hate my job, but I just can't afford to walk away. And the third one, which I have to confess was mine, which is I'm just not great at math, so I'll never be good with money. What a great denial that is. Um, And another one I often hear, the fourth one is my partner takes care of all our financial stuff, um, which is a great way of abdicating any kind of responsibility. Um, But it means sometimes that in the worst case, you find that your partner's run off with all the money and you didn't know about it. I have heard of that, but doesn't always happen, but it's always good to take your own responsibility and to step up into that pharaoh. The fifth one then is it's just too late to make any difference to my finances. It's never too late. You can always do something. And sometimes you may have to call on your magician to find a different way out of it rather than just investing. There's always a way. It's never too late. Um, And the sixth one then is I'm just so deep in debt. Nothing I do will make any difference. And again, it's that sense of feeling stuck. But We can always do something. We can always take a small step. Um, The seventh one is I love working for myself, but my business drains all my cash and energy. Um, I hear that a lot from business owners um, and also from people who are high flyers is the next one is people tell me that even though I'm smart, I'm not reaching my full potential. And that's often because they're not going with their primary money type that makes their heart sing. They're trying to push something else. Um, and then the ninth one, the last one, is all my time, money and energy goes into looking after the people I care about, which means they've never left enough for themselves. And the way to stop that happening is to point out that they might become the burden on someone else that's often the angels and nothing could shock them more. So there's always an antidote to them all, but it's good to know which one you fall into. Yeah. And and, and from what you say, um, 
different types might be kind of more or less susceptible to a, to any given one of those. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Um, this has been fascinating, Olivia. So if listeners only took one nugget or one piece of advice away from this conversation, what should it be? It's always a good question, isn't it? I think know yourself and then be who you are and turn up as who you are and then come from the heart. I don't know how many pieces that is, but that, that's my answer. Yeah. <laughs> know yeah. who you are. Yeah. Very good. And obviously that starts uh, with the with the money types and, and kind of figuring out which which, uh, which one of those uh, you are most influenced by. You may uh, think so. I couldn't possibly comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, seriously, I do recommend um, people check it out. It's a you know, fantastic, uh, fantastic book. Uh, and, uh, you know, look, I mean, um, I think listeners to the show, know, you know, I, I read a lot of books, you know, because I just think for the small amount of money, the small investment, you can really get some good, good stuff. And, and Olivia's book's definitely one of those. Um, where is the best place, though, Olivia? I mean, if people want to get more from you. Well, I think if you want to get the book, the easiest way, or as always, is getting it direct from Amazon. And there is a Kindle version as well. Um, you can also go to my website, which is oliviastefanino.com. And you can actually do the quiz there as well. And you can sign up to get a series of reports, which is all about your specific money type that comes out of that. And I even have the Vault Cafe on there, which is all free. So you can see the whole combination thing. One of the things I've really wanted to do is to make sure there is enough information out there that people can get what they need. And then people who want to, to take it further, then um, if they want to book in with me for a one-to-one session, then, then we can do that as well. Excellent. Olivia, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me and for asking such insightful questions. Thank you.